For the Peterson Automotive Museum, this is Car Stories. My name is AJ. Today we are joined by Randy Nunnenberg. He's the founder of Bring a Trailer. Um, very interested to talk to Randy because this is a website. Not only I, but everybody I know and everybody they know and everyone they know, anyone who's at all interested in anything automotive, uh, goes to bringatrailer.com every morning to see the updates. Uh, I want to thank everybody who's been listening to the Car Stories podcast, who's been making it popular and successful. Uh, we are have new episodes every Tuesday on iTunes. You can subscribe on iTunes. Go back. We have over 100 episodes that you can go back and listen to. Leave us a good review. Share it with a friend. And let's get into it. Randy, thank you so much for coming. No problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, before we talk about your crazy success you have with Bring a Trailer and the phenomenon you have launched, let's go back to the very beginning. What kicked it off for you? What is your earliest automotive memory? Uh, early automotive memories are, are all with my dad. You know, my dad kind of uh, and I bonded over automotive stuff since the beginning, whether it was going to the racetrack. We grew up in... Uh, Northern California, so I went to Monterey for you know back when it was cheap and dusty at Pebble Beach and at at uh, uh, Laguna Seca and going to those sort of events in August. And then we also just did stuff in the garage. We were kind of sort of mechanically inclined and messing with cars. And my dad um, did some restorations, mild sort of projects and restorations before I came along. And then when I came along, I was his only son, so we kind of bonded over that, and it it uh, blossomed from there. What uh, what kind of cars were you guys working on? Um, I was always actually into trucks when I started, you know, in Northern California and the climate and, and, you need a um, good truck. I was into FJs, Toyota, Toyota Land Cruiser FJs, and all my buddies had CJs and Broncos and Scouts and that sort of stuff. That was actually kind of what we were into. Um, but I had this crazy diverse taste from German stuff from my German heritage to, you know, American Mustangs and pony cars and cool stuff like that, and then trucks. And so it was kind of schizophrenic, which is uh, probably something that you see on the website these days. Yeah, which I think is what gives it its success. What What were you thinking you were going to do growing up? Did you think, I'm going to do something car-related? I can't imagine as a kid you, you thought... I'm going to launch a website for classified cars. I certainly had no idea I'd be, you know, sort of a writer or business owner or whatever it's turned into these days, you know. But the uh, I always wanted to do something automotive. So I learned German and I studied engineering and I wanted to work for a German car company. That was kind of my goal. And mm -hmm. I ended up doing that. I worked for BMW uh, and Audi, actually, for my uh, internships at school. And then... Um, and then for 10 years after school and while, while BAT was launched. Um, in, uh, I had the best internships in the world when I was in, in the university. And I went to Germany and I worked for Audi on the uh, release of the TT when they launched that car, Very which was cool. kind of cool. Yeah. When they were all masked and nobody knew what they were. And, it, um, and it, there had never been a TT like that. And that, then There's a car, just as a side note, that does not get the respect I think it's due. And just in my opinion... Maybe you don't think they're as good looking as I did, but I, I, when that car first came out, I, I was in seventh grade, and I only know this because in our reading class, like you, you had a period that was like a twenty minute read, I would just read the old issues of Motor Trend or whatever was in there, and there was an article on the Audi TT, and I just, as a kid, I guess thought it was so, there was nothing like it. There was no design like it at the time. The interior, I thought the vents, the air conditioning vents were the most gorgeous thing in the world and then the audi tt 
no, I don't know. No, it's not. No one really considers it a competitive sports car. Nobody considers it really, you know, it's kind of too small to be a luxury car, mm-hmm. too luxurious to be a sports car. There's, it's, you know, the car world doesn't adapt to it. But am I wrong? Am- no, I think you're dead on. You know, I mean, it's kind of been around. And when it was fresh, it was super different and interesting. And everybody thought it was a really big deal. And I think it was. And the design and Audi was known for their interiors. And the interior and that thing with the baseball glove and stuff was crazy. And they, I think at that time when I was there, they were kind of starting their boom, you know, with, a, you know, really broad acceptance to the BMW crowd and all that sort of thing. So it was Super cool time to be there. And that model, you know, I think it's kind of, you could argue that it's kind of stayed the same for a pretty long time, even with some small, yeah, some small iterations and some refreshes, but it's still kind of what it was back then. And so I don't know if it has the edge that it did back then, but, but it was cool when it was launched. I I certainly think that. But I guess like, like the R8 is another car that threw the world on its side and didn't change for almost a decade. But no one had a problem with that. The design sort of stayed timeless. Uh, the power was fine. The, and it's just a decade later where they're finally updating the car. But, yeah, it's something with the Audi or, or with the TT. It's like that I would I, – I think – and we'll get into this. But I think a low-mileage kind of one-owner example would be a, a good – investment car yeah. so we we featured one and listed one on bat auctions and and people were like is this a classic or is it not or whatever and it was like one owner low mile it's just a weird in between but it got a bunch of dough i mean somebody somebody paid a bunch of money for it and we were actually pretty pleasantly surprised so that's that's cool to see so you you work for a decade at audi bmw or what are you working on product planning or marketing uh, it was mainly for bmw i did a, a a single stint at audi and then a long time at at bmw both ag and then uh north america and i was um started an engineer and was, um, you know, supporting model rollouts and that sort of thing in the U.S. based out of San Francisco. And then when that comes to an end or when that chapter of your life is done, what did you go on to do next? Were you Well, I, that was at full steam, actually. I mean, my plan was to work for, you know, manufacturer or do, do things in the automotive world. But uh, BAT was launched kind of by accident by a buddy of mine and while I. While you were still working for BMW? Uh, while I was there, you know, I mean, it was just a web idea that a guy had to turn on a blog and start writing and see so what then, happens. Yeah, so then how, tell me how that came about. How did, how did the thought or concept for Bring a Trailer, was it a conversation? Was it did you always look at classified ads? I've I've read classified ads since I was, you know, well before the internet and when they were in the San Jose Mercury News, which was our local paper on Sunday. Did you have a, the recycler? It had oh. we did. We had the recycler, we had the you know, the auto trader, yeah. we had the Diablo dealer. We had all these crummy little papers full of cars that I would turn to the classics and antiques section and like that was, you know, where I spent my time. My you know? dad and I would play a game. We'd get the recycler and I'd sit there and I would give him the car and the description and he would guess the price. <laughs> and shockingly always got it within a few hundred dollars of each other but i don't know what what it is about everyone loves to read a classified yep and that has evolved once the internet came along that has evolved to everybody just trolls all this stuff all day long whether they need a car or not you're watching craigslist for you know some kind of car you're interested in or whatever trailer but before you know i guess the blogging about cars for sale because everyone writes about a cool car that comes up on craigslist or ebay but you guys so you guys launched this thinking what um, I, I launched it, my, my, um, buddy that I went to college with, who's the other half of bring a trailer. He, uh, was looking for cars and he's like, Hey Randy, I'm looking for an early 911 or I'm looking for a, a Corvette or whatever. And I would 
like you probably do or other car buddies do. They're like, okay, so here's the bullet points you need to look for. Here's the, here's where you should look. Here's the price range, whatever. It was like this, it was like an advice column, right? And he, and after we did that a couple of times, he said, this is super valuable. Why don't you just do this for other people? If you could turn it in, this is like your niche. And I was like, I'm not going to like farm this out. I don't know enough people looking for cars and I'm not going to be some sort of consultant. So um, I kind of just sat on it. And then he's like, well, what if you published it for like, to see if anybody would read it. And I was skeptical, you know, and we resisted honestly for a while, for a year or two before eventually he's like, why don't we just post a few and try, you know, he kept nudging me. So, um, yeah, anyway, it's good to have friends that push you along a little bit, yeah. you know, and, and I started, uh, the first car that we featured was a Healy, uh, 106 that I went and looked at in San Francisco. And I decided to grab a picture from the Craigslist listing and like write a little bit about it and why it's cool and why now, it's a wh- deal. Why did you go look at it? Well, that's part of the whole addiction, right? I mean, yeah. I, I kind of look through cars, and every once in a while, I'd go look at a car, even though I didn't need it and didn't have the dough to buy it, but I'd go look at it. It's well, kind of like, you know, recreation. What I find interesting, and it doesn't seem like it's been a problem because you guys have had tremendous success with this, is you sort of take the guy's word for it, whoever's listing the car. Um, and now you point to eBay ads, Craigslist ads, Auto Trader ads. You have your own ads, your own exclusives, your own auctions. But, you know, you might find this hard to believe, but people, I think, once or twice have misrepresented a car. Uh, all over the place. Might that say it's something a little bit nicer than it actually is. <laughs> For sure. And, but you guys give everybody sort of the benefit of the doubt. We do. I mean, we're not out there to skewer anybody. Yeah. And, the, I mean, the truth kind of comes out. And the, the coolest part, as you've probably seen with BAT, is the community. And every everyone is open for discussion, right? Yeah. So if if we don't call something out, there's thousands of people that are ready and willing to call something out. If a guy, you know, says it has no rust and there's obvious rust. Or if there's, you know, he says the engine's original and somebody says, actually, that engine is from another car. Whatever, you know? It, so that, you guys- that aspect, you know, we don't feel like we have to police the whole thing if there's this huge open door for everybody to be able to do that. Uh, you know? I think what I like is you guys sort of write in the style or the voice of, well, this guy says his Packard is 99% rust free and he claims it's it's almost like a, as a lawyer would talk <laughs> uh, to hold your guys' self. So, and, I, and I think people pick up on that because no one says, oh, hey, bring a trailer. You got it wrong. Oh, we get called. You'd be surprised. We okay. get called out plenty. But uh, you, um, you also are dealing with the internet. Yeah. You're dealing with the internet. You're dealing with commenters. Was mm-hmm. it successful right away? Was it an immediate just took off when viral no i mean it started in january of 2007 right so a good number of years ago and um 07 was just sort of mellow a couple people found it through google search or whatever and then um, we developed the daily email which you referenced you touched on earlier and that started to be the thing that people started to forward to their friends and tell everybody about and it got to be this morning coffee routine for people right you wake up and you check vat right people still do that like crazy and thousands you know many tens of thousands are on that list now and uh, but at the beginning, it was kind of mellow until we launched the email. So then in 08, 09, it just went bananas. And then Jay Leno bought a car and talked about it. And Seinfeld mentioned it on Letterman. And all I mean, all these crazy things just started to happen. And, you know, we were um, still kind of working our day jobs. And all of a sudden, BAT started to be a thing. And we started getting calls and all this sort of stuff. So that's when it really went so wild. So at what point did you decide, let's 
devote 100% of our time and make this our full-time job. The other big change that had to happen before that would happen was there had to be some sort of revenue, obviously, and the, the big light bulb went on when every, or not everybody, but many people on the uh, mailing list started to come to us and say, hey, can I sell my car on BAT? Mm-hmm. And so we developed a, a product called a BAT exclusive where a person could list basically a classified listing with their car on BAT and sell it for a flat fee. And Which was cool. And and what, I, what was great about it, uh, and that sort of evolved now and we'll get into that but it was instead of pointing to craigslist or pointing to ebay it was essentially just email the guy or call the guy Mm -hmm. and i had a friend sell a jeep wagoneer okay he was having a hard time selling a wagoneer It was a really good clean original wagoneer and then the second he listed it with you guys i think it was sold the next day Mm -hmm. and i said well obviously they get a cut they get a percent but you guys you you guys personally negotiated the deal Bearing a trailer doesn't know what you know. You didn't buy it for book or you know what you were asking. How do you? How does that work out? How do they tell? He goes, I just tell them. Mm-hmm. Went, really? <laughs> they just take your word for it. It was like a handshake deal, you know, for but years, which I, was madness. I, we, basically, but <laughs> what I like is it worked for you guys. It did work. It, it, it paid it the was, bills for years. Such honesty in mm-hmm. these in these ads, and and maybe it's the car community because he never for a minute thought. <laughs> Well, I'm going to tell them I only sold it for ten when I sold it for fourteen. Somebody may have done that, you know, and but we I don't really know. Most but. people thanked you guys for helping sell the car because the yep. cars. Not only are people returning to you to try to maybe find good deals on cars, mm-hmm. but we're also turning you to help them sell the car. And I think everybody respected Bring a Trailer enough, or respects Bring a Trailer enough, mm-hmm. to give you guys your cut, mm-hmm. give you what what you guys were due. So, and obviously, it worked because you. You were able to turn this into a full time job mm-hmm, and pay the absolutely. bills with it. So that was 2010, and by then, I mean, BAT exclusives were rolling. There was, you know, a couple a week, and a lot of them were selling because even at that time, we were picky for low prices, right? Like people would come with fantasy prices, and we were like, we're not going to make a dime on this if it just sits on the site. So we'd rather yeah. have compelling numbers. So your friend with the Wagoneer probably had a fairly reasonable expectation. And we're like, sweet, let's go for it. But that system was great. But as we grew and grew and grew, it became this feeding frenzy. And your buddy would list his car and get 60 emails the next morning when our BAT email went out that I want the truck. And then it, it turned into like a, a circus. Or what we see now is you put a Craigslist ad on. And by the time I click on it, it's already said this has been taken down. Right. So that sort of stuff, which sometimes can be the seller gaming it. Luckily, when we listed it, the seller couldn't really game it. But the buyers were just nuts and they wanted the car and would, you know, you'd make 60 people would email and one guy would be happy and 59 people would swear they're your enemy forever, right? Because they didn't get it. (laughs) So that wasn't a good business model. So we knew that that sort of had to evolve. And that's how the auctions came about. Yeah. Explain that because when I – I was already a hooked fan before the auctions came about. And when the auctions came about, I literally said out loud, this is going to kill them. (laughs) I, I, I said there's no way they can compete with eBay. Uh, there's no way they can compete with eBay Motors or Auto Trader. Uh, they had a good thing going. I, I even said I think now they got greedy mm-hmm. and they wanted to launch their own thing. And I couldn't be more wrong. You guys have it looks like one or two new auctions a day. Uh, they bring in fair market value. They 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 probably reach just as wide of a circulation as maybe an eBay Motors. It brings in the same revenue and the same value. Um, so people are looking to bring a trailer as a viable, a very viable way to market and sell a car. Absolutely. So the the fixed price listings became too problematic, and so we 
since early on, we were like, wow, if only people could bid on this, this would kind of solve our pricing issue. Because you'd either price it too low and everybody would show up, or you price it a little bit too high and nobody would show up, right? Mm-hmm. So we were these scientists trying to come up with this number, and it was too much pressure. You kind of wanted to let the market decide, which is the, the optimal. So we um, – it takes a long time to build an online auction. And like what you were talking about, like this isn't going to work. There's no way this is going to work. There was a lot of pushback from people thinking – And there's a technical in- infrastructure you that's have to what build. I mean. There's yeah. a monetary infrastructure. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of dynamics to it, and we you know thought long and hard about how are we going to do this. So we committed to build it, which was which was uh, no small undertaking. And then we um, decided to prime it and launch it with some of our own cars because who is going to trust us with a brand new deal, right? So mm-hmm. we um, bought five or six interesting cars and decided to launch it in summer of 2014 with our own cars, with which really fit the BAT flavor, right? A Boss 302, an E30 M3, an Alpha rally car, you know, cool, interesting stuff that we're going to make people say, huh, maybe I ought to take it's a look at this. It's actually interesting because I might have been one of those people who went, huh, they got good cars right off the bat. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I actually think I remember being surprised with the quality of cars you got. Now, did you? you must have, you must have an expertise now in where the market's at. And what cars are worth, and you can pretty much gauge. Look at any used car for sale and go, mm, "It's going to sell for that," or "You're not going to get that." Did you do well on those five cars? Did you buy them right and sell them right? Uh, we took a bath on a, a couple of them, okay. you know, and then um, the system needed to kind of work. There weren't that many bidders, obviously, because it's brand new, right? So we had to work that out. And a couple of them went bonkers, right? We sold a, a wonderful E30 M3 that we never should have sold. Um, right at the right time, and that one went went really really well, and then the Alpha went really well too. But there were there were a couple of soft ones and a couple, a ton of learning, um, sort of sort of moments across the first uh, weeks and months of the auction. We actually took a week off, uh, the third or the fourth week. We're like, okay, this isn't working. We need to revamp how we're going to do the starting price and stuff. I mean, there's there's science to it, and then there's experience, and you you kind of you know mold this thing right. But what we just kept going back to. We want this to be the best place for people to sell. There's obviously a bunch of shortcomings with other um, systems that have been around, established systems like eBay or the 10 auctions or whatever, um, be they too high prices, which always sort of rub me wrong, or um, on eBay people manipulate it or, and the last-second bidding, and there's just a bunch of things that Well, nothing's worse than liked. a buy-it-now of 149000 uh, and it's reserved, not bed, seven beds at $8,500. Well, that's, and, and the internet is wonderful in that you can kind of, you know, charge your own path or whatever. But a lot of the, the fact that the user is getting no outside advice on what may be realistic on those means that there's the, the most important thing on eBay. And I love eBay. I, I surf it for parts all the time. Um, but the, the, the problem of somebody can just kind of put whatever they want and it ends up being sort of stale inventory because things are tend to be overpriced and they kind of just sit up there like a classified ad for, for round after round after round. As so opposed to, if I – now, don't get too excited. I uh-oh. own a 1984 Toyota Corolla. Okay. Not too excited yet. And if I came to you and I said, Randy, I have this 84 Toyota Corolla. You have been chosen and selected as the auction house that is going to help me – sell this piece of my collection is it okay we get a fee we'll put it up there see what happens or when i say now i want 25 grand for it you go not even worth our time save yourself or do you try to sort of work with the people and set a reserve set a price set a 
Uh, we try to assist um, the sellers. We call it assist them, not not uh, work them too much on the on the price. But somebody with a uh, a car. There's some cars that fit BAT, and there's some that don't, right? And so we don't unfortunately just accept everything. It's still a curated marketplace, like the other stories before the auctions and everything. It's like. It has to be sort of interesting, right? So the, so the 2001 to, Elantra is not going to make right, it Right, guys there. bringing Camrys, guy bringing whatever. It's just sort of like that's probably not a good fit. But there are some fringe cases where it's like a guy has a one of those weird Toyota vans from early on, mid-engine or whatever, and it's I got no miles and whatever. And we're like, saw one on there, the green so Okay, flat. yeah, totally. We're like, okay, that's weird enough. You know, that'll that'll get some people interested. But um, the... the um, the sort of criteria is always that it has to be interesting enough that people are actually going to like open it and, and care about it enough that they uh, that they you know would bid or, or would talk about it in the comments or, or discuss it. So and then there's the price component. We turn away sixty percent of the cars that are submitted, and the the bulk of the ones we turn away are because people have unrealistic asking prices, unfortunately, and we don't want um, to be yet another site where stuff just kind of sits there and sits there forever. And it's, you just wait for the price to sort of trickle down over six so months. Someone, and it's just so demoralizing. It's so much cooler to have a fresh listing you haven't seen anywhere else before. And on BAT, 85% of the cars sell. So you kind of know chances are this thing's going to roll. So if I care at all, I ought to, I ought to jump in. So that's how we built it. Yeah. And it, it's so funny because when something comes on, I actually, I don't like seeing a newly listed bring it, uh, auction and maybe other people have lamented this to you because I want to see what it's what it what it costs how much it's for sale for mm-hmm. and it's okay we have this great cool gray car it's at zero dollars right now because mm-hmm. it just launched they all went, start at a dollar and they're all seven days right so you got to uh, wait like, around a little bit well what, what's it going to go for ten grand twenty grand <laughs> there, there's a great case there's a Honda S six sixty coupe. Mm-hmm. Or a 600 coupe. Mm-hmm. S600, yep. It's um, on right now. That I think it ends tomorrow, right? It's at like $6,500. Uh-huh. And so, but when I first read about it, it's like, okay, it says it's a project and non-runner, but it looks great. It, it seems to have no rust. It seems to be clean. So it just needs a motor. Okay, how difficult is that motor? And I'm going, okay, these things are twenty five grand all done. What's this going to go for? And now I'm in this saga of, okay, there's a day left. What's it going to go for? This thing's at six grand. Will this break 10? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, I think it will. We'll see. And so t- what goes into sort of the curation side of it? Because I imagine even before the auctions or the, the exclusive, you must have just had people wanting a free plug. Just, hey, check out this car on Craigslist. Hey, check out this car on eBay. Not telling you this is my car on Craigslist or eBay. So how what – what goes into the thought process of here are the five cars we're going to show today, or here are the X amount of cars? Mm-hmm. People, I mean, people certainly love free plugs because you know your car gets sent out to seventy thousand people in the morning over breakfast. That's a good way to market your car. Obviously, people figured that out, but but we. Um, I mean, we have this giant funnel, right? And we kind of turn it on its head. It used to be me always searching for all the cars just because that was my sort of dysfunctional late-night habit or whatever, it's, looking around for cars. It's a lot of – you could start a therapy group. I trust know. Me. <laughs> Absolutely. Instead, we kind of caused the need for therapy yes. now. But anyway, but the, the we turned that on its head once we built a mechanism for people to submit cars that they found, right? So if, if for whatever reason you're not going to buy the cool car you find on Craigslist, which chances are you're not, right, um, you can submit it to BAT, and then it kind of gets reviewed, and the good ones kind of rise to the top, and then we kind of pick our eight favorites. But it um, at its high water mark, it's it's kind of right about there now. It's uh, there's about 
you know, 150 or 180 cars submitted to BAT every day from just random places all over the place and worldwide. You pick five, and then from we that pick or? actually it's it's a uh, 10 to 12 non-auction cars that we feature every day. Wow. Okay. So um, we've kind of gotten up to that uh, level now with a with a staff of sharp freelance writers that are writing for us about those cars and that sort of thing. So, um, so yeah. So anyway, those are coming through, and and the criteria. I mean. We tried to replicate what I would have chosen early on, but now there's obviously other people involved. But uh, my criteria was, you know, it kind of fit what I liked. It, the price wasn't too nuts to the point that, you know, it's going to be stale and sit there forever. And um, a lot of sort of underdog stuff, you know, that people wouldn't often gravitate towards, right? I mean, I was talking about 240Zs and 510s just because I love those. It's not, it's not a Ferrari and, yeah. you know, high-end only site. I mean, I think there are super cool cars that are six grand, you, you know? so. And I think that's the beauty of it is they are, for the most part, I mean, as much as you like going through a Gooding catalog, 99.9% of the world can't afford the cheapest car right. in that auction. These are cars that are 4500 bucks and really mm-hmm. cool. These are cars that are ten grand. You have some stuff that okay, this is a hundred thousand dollars, or mm-hmm. you know, this is one hundred and fifty grand, but it's still intriguing and it's mm-hmm. still very neat. That mix is important, right? Because it kind of touches on everybody. Everybody can kind of get excited about something or remember the car that their buddy parked next to them in high school or whatever it is, you know. Um, from interesting Toyota pickups to you know um, British stuff to American stuff, uh, all over the map, and that I love that because that's my favorite part of. Um, you know, vintage racing paddocks or, or wherever there's a, just a crazy mix of cars that's really stimulating to me. Um, instead of you know, here's another site which with like 47 you know Ferrari 308s, it's all sort of the same. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of like I like that mix, and that that has carried over to auctions, and that has carried over to everything we have on the site. Do you have because you also do success stories, which are just great stories of nice guy sold a car, nice guy bought a car, and a guy girl guy anybody bought sold a car they're happy with it um do you have a favorite personal this story of how this car worked out i mean there's crazy stories that come out of the woodwork as you know i mean you tell car stories on this show and and um through the museum i'm sure you guys you guys hear all sorts of wild ones and through the cars donated and such which i like to follow but on bat we do uh bat success stories and now bat auction success stories the best one for me still um it's kind of voted on at the end of the year so we've had many years of like the audience votes on their favorite ones and one a couple years ago uh it was actually a vw beetle convertible mid 60s a red car um, and we featured it as an exclusive on BAT, and a guy bought it. But the guy who bought it heard about it from a buddy, a BAT reader, and he had actually previously owned the car. So, so his car his kind car of back. came back to him. And the craziest part of it was that he still had the key to the car from huh. decades ago. So he walks up to the car, and he still has it, and he puts it in, and it starts the car. And he's had that forever that? and ever. So anyway, crazy stories like that come out, and, and stories of guys buying a car, you know, living the dream, buying the car blind on the other side of the country and driving it across the country home with their relatives or whatever, you know, I mean, stuff like that happens all the time. And we try to feature those because it's not just about guys peddling cars or making money off of cars or even restoring or doing whatever. But I mean, the, the experience of being in the seat and, and hearing somebody relay that and their photos and all that sort of thing, I think is super cool. Tell us about Leno because <laughs> you just, guys know him better than I your, do. Your I thoughts bet. in general on Jay. I mean, what did you think? Is he fine? No. Um, a Falcon Sprint. There you go. Yeah, you know the story. No. 
No, I. This is how nerdy I am with cars. Not only do I know the story, I saw the ad. Okay. And I thought that's a smoking deal for that. That is a cool car. It's mm-hmm. it's not a Mustang. It's something that is like a Mustang, but it's different. It's fast. It's cool. And it's very very reasonably priced for mm-hmm. what it was. And then I think the next day or two days later, or a week mm-hmm. later, it was like, and Jay Leno bought it. Mm-hmm. And I went, well, there you go. That makes total sense. Yep. Uh, you know, obviously he sort of looked at it as the same thing, and I think he did a Jay Leno's garage on it. He did, yeah, yep. And I even I've been fortunate enough to be able to go to Jay Leno's garage, and it, it, you sort of fanboy out because I don't go show me the Veyron, show me the you know the McLaren. I go, I want to see that Falcon from Bring a Trailer. Cool, I'm glad. I want to. It's know, in like, there. It's, yep. It is, and it's in there, <laughs> and you know, it's obviously a good car, but. Does he call you? Did he call the owner and the owner told you? How did how did you find out Jay Leno's on your site and checking out your car? Good question. Yeah, that was a that was a uh, watershed moment for us, as you might imagine. So that was a BAT exclusive car. I think it was in like the high twenty grand, but it was a really nice Falcon that a guy in I think Reno built sort of resto mod style torque thrust 63 and a half car so it has the right the cool trim on the side futura sprint coupe all that mm-hmm. stuff uh white red interior stick five speed it actually has in it i believe and uh, anyway really nicely done right and um to build one of those would cost you much more than that to try to do it yourself so if this model resonated with somebody somebody was going to jump on it but we listed it midweek and it went out on the email in the morning and jay sort of has his people as you probably know right he doesn't jump on the cell phone and start chatting guys up oh well, i was but, gonna say i guarantee you he looks at the ads <laughs> he uh. looks at the ads and he reads the site and and we we talked about that later but he had uh, one of his guys give the guy a call and say, hey, this car's probably going to be for Jay, and we'd like to come see it. And, and so they kind of put a hold on it um, for the potential of selling it to him. And then I think they were up there quickly, though, you know, within uh, within a day or so. And the guy, the seller did come back to us and say he got to talk to Jay, and he got to come down and visit the garage and all all this sort of stuff. So it was a, it was a like, high fives all around sort of story. And it was obviously great for us because Jay was very kind to do the, the Leno's Garage video and say, hey, BAT, I found this car in BAT. It's the best thing ever you know i've wanted have one you have you gotten to meet jay over this car i did yeah yeah okay. as kind of as a result of that because um, at some point you got to look at the car and go you're welcome <laughs> i got you that <laughs> hey car. he paid for the car and no, we, we got our fee from the uh, seller and we were we were stoked too we were high-fiving too you know and what's funny is i i kind of fell in love with falcons <laughs> after that ad and i always the problem with falcons is they're all six cylinders are all automatics a lot of them shifts. a lot of them so to find a v8 you know, floor shift, mm-hmm. four speed, or to find a sprint mm-hmm. are nearly impossible. Now, the sprints are really going up in value. Mm-hmm. So I do sort of look at that car and go, that was a good car. That mm-hmm. I have not seen one that good or that price since then. But yep. you, you probably want to remind Jay that there isn't that one that good or price since then. Yeah, there may not have been. He, he got a good one for sure. Yeah. And I think he would agree with that. And he's obviously a smart, a smart cat. He knows how to pick a good car. But he also, I mean, he already had the poster of that on his wall because he, I guess it was one of his first cars or something he was into really early on. And um, it just kind of resonated. And so obviously the 28 grand or whatever wasn't a big deal for him. So he's like, let's go, you know? So, um, he, uh, yeah, he's been very kind to us though, and gave us that nice publicity. And that year kind of became Jay Leno kind of, there was a lot of Jay Leno buzz around BAT talking about him buying cars and watching. And and a lot of people started listing cars, knowing that we had that sort of high profile audience. Some people thought, you know, though, this website just has a bunch of, 
um, you know, younger crowd that doesn't have any money that's watching it or whatever. And all of a sudden, the, these big collectors everybody. started. Everybody I, I starts watching it. I can't even begin to tell you. And, and I'm not just kind of blowing smoke up your tuchus here. Um <laughs> 95% of my conversations each morning with our curator starts off with, did you see this on Bring a Trailer? Uh, or an, I get an email from a past podcast guest, um, you know, who's bought cars from you or is, I mean, everybody I know who looks at cars, the first thing they do is check Bring a Trailer. And the the topic of conversation, how all these people stay in contact with each other is, did you see this on Bring a Trailer this morning? We use your cars as a means to have a conversation. Um, maybe it's sort of the antisocial and car people. So we need to relate to cars just to reach out and talk to somebody. But I, I do wonder, and I assume that goes on worldwide. Yep, that's sort of the magic of the you know daily email that we send out. For whatever reason, it's kind of you know we get emails all the time from fans where they're like, "I used to open the you know Wall Street Journal, but it's too depressing, so now I open BAT, or I used to open you know whatever World News and have my coffee, but now I open BAT every morning just because it's it's you know it saves them the having to troll around and look around, and we kind of deliver straight to you this this. Um, I want to say cream of the crop, but some of the stuff is really random, right? So it's not always total cream of the crop, but it's interesting and some automotive stuff. stuff. And some of the stuff mm-hmm. needs restoration. Totally. And some of the stuff is just a rusted body. Mm-hmm. And there's something, there's some magic to the fact that it's all available for sale, right? If it was all just, if it was like a magazine we delivered to you every morning of like, read about this Ferrari 212, I mean, it's interesting, but it's like the fact that it's available at that moment and real time is super engaging and compelling to people any car in our collection or on loan here at the museum we could talk about for 20 minutes give a whole presentation on the car talk about the history the culture the zenith behind it the owners the power and then we would the first question 100 percent of the time would be what's that worth Hmm. what what Hmm. what do you think that would go for and you know we don't talk about prices of our collection um but that is the number one question of that Jaguar XKSS. What do you think that'd go for? Right. That that Ferrari, the you know the Dale you guys have in the back, the random stuff. Mm-hmm. What what do you guys buy that for? What do what mm-hmm. do you guys think you'd get for that? Mm-hmm. Um, so there is something about a car being for sale that I think a lot of people just like. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to see some photos. They want to see a price. Um, and then they want to give their opinion mm-hmm. on it. Now, is there are there future plans? Um, I know you guys you've had you put motorcycles on there. Mm-hmm. You've even had like some airplanes and some. We boats. do crazy stuff. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, is there going to be a bring a house? Is there going to be a bring a boat trailer? Uh, is there going to be you know bring a, a jewelry box? Mm-hmm. Uh, is there a franchise of bringes? Uh, people have asked. We've we've actually investigated where to go, but the the problem with all of those is you got to have the passion yourself to care enough, right? I'm not going to go writing about like bring your diamond jewelry or I, mean, I don't really care. It's not my deal, you know. Let somebody else go do that. Yeah. But the um, but you got to have your passion, but you also have to have this audience that is engaged and cares, right? Because. Uh, other people have tried to start, oh, I'll go start a Brigger trailer, right? But we were able over these years And there are, to, there are competitors. There's there, barn finds and there's other sites, but, yeah, but the, everyone goes to bring a trailer. Right, because the, the curation of the audience is super hard, and we lucked out with the way that it grew rapidly that we still – um, sort of crafted the voice and the engagement of the audience and what we let them do and what we didn't let them do and how we let them interact and all that sort of thing, that it worked out really well. And they kind of come together and are protective of BAT and are 
very opinionated about the cars that are on it and they uh, have a ton of expertise. There's like the best Lancia guy in the whole USA, like comments on every one of them. And that, I mean, you can't get that anywhere. And then right? the conversation you see of people going, I mean, it's like it's a friend's chat room of they thank each other for advice. They give right. links to, you know, to parts to people say all the time. They're like, wow, I've never seen another online community like this. And, uh, and they're like, why is that? And, and we shrug a little bit because we're, I mean, we're not like scientists of how to build a community, no, but it, you it know, we're YouTube or you know? Jalopnik, um, you know, where every comment is just, I hate you. You all suck. Why are you doing this? <laughs> Your fan base is very positive and they don't, I mean, they do on the whole, they on do the whole. tear apart some cars, but maybe some cars that need tearing apart. <laughs> Um, but no, they're they're respectful and helpful, and I think it's I, it's I think it's something to, to say about your product, the community, and just cars being for sale. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, nothing. I've always said I want to start a blog or even my next mm-hmm. podcast. <laughs> my next podcast is just going to be called "Just Testing the Waters," hmm. and I'm just going to call up rude Craigslist ads. There are such rude <laughs> ads of your car is not that cool. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have tire kickers or low ballers mm-hmm. calling you mm-hmm. up. You know, you're not going to, you know, so it's, it's... It's pretty easy to parody pretty quickly for anybody who's oh looked at them pretty God. quickly. Yeah, it's, so. it's these things write themselves, but... Yeah. Um, but there is going to be a future. There is what you're saying is there isn't going to be eventually. Oh, for sure. Yeah, sorry, we got off of that trailer. a little bit, but yeah, absolutely. But, well, BAT, the auctions model, we firmly believe in the audiences confirming this. That no the, matter what I say, the supply. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we were a little skeptical at the beginning proved, too. We were proved, hopeful. I'm proud to say you proved me wrong. Yeah, so that is growing like crazy. It started with three cars a week, you know, a year ago, and now we're at 25 cars a week, and it's going to go quite a bit beyond that based on the pipeline that's already sort of queuing up. So we're kind of amazed and trying to figure out a way to deliver that to our readers in a, in a compelling way. Um, and, um, we don't think we're going to list as many cars as eBay, but we think we want to maintain our quality level to the point that it doesn't have to be that many. It just has to be, uh, the good ones and that will make people, you know, pretty satisfied with the experience. So that's what we're going after. Have you been approached by the eBay's or the auto traders of the world of, we just want to buy you. You know, we just, we, this not, is a great idea. Not that explicitly. I mean, we were partners with, with eBay. They, they love, um, there's people there that love BAT as well, like you do. Um, and then there's other, other dealers and different people tr- trying to sell on BAT. And it's, it's, uh, a lot of people are trying to figure out, you know, what is BAT and where is this sort of thing going, you know? And, uh, that's true of the auction world in general, I would say, as people figure out, um, you know, that over half of the people on BAT are reading it on their mobile device, right? Which is a very different experience than going and sitting in a tent auction where there's, you know, a thousand people on BAT, there's, you know, 80,000 people watching these different sorts of deals on their yeah. mobile device worldwide. It's the, the accessibility is unbelievable. And that's what leads to um, the, the results that we're seeing. So it's kind of uh, shaking up the landscape, we think. Uh, obviously, you can watch eBay from all over the place too. But to have these sort of curated cars with realistic reserves actually selling and stuff—it's it's pretty different. So, do you ever um, think this excited. is a whole empire based on people in the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> well, empire may be uh, overstating it a little bit yet. I mean, but- I'm I'm certainly flying you know Southwest Airlines on the way down here still. But uh, in in general, I think that. People are who knows where people are watching this. Honestly, yeah. we don't care if they're if as they're as they genuine. Are. They can watch it from wherever they want. Most people watch it from work, which is another I, little ethical I uh, concern. Begin to tell you, I would <laughs> so, not. I, first of all, I'm far too busy on the <laughs> official museum business to ever stop what I'm doing and check in on a car for yep, sale. 
sale. So if I, I know, did, uh, it would only be to benefit the museum. <laughs> I don't know what our effect is on GDP in the afternoons when auctions are ending, but it's pretty fun to watch. What um, Have you bought a car from Brink a Trailer? Uh, certainly. Um, we actually, you know, you figure out these rules along the way. I tried to bid on an E30 station wagon BMW in an auction early on, and it said Randy from Bring a Trailer is bidding, and everybody freaked out and said, you guys aren't allowed to bid against your own customers, so we don't actually do that anymore. But if an interesting one comes down the pipe before it goes live on the site every once in a while, we've we've picked off a couple of interesting ones that have been, the cars we, we primed the pump with at the beginning, that M3 and a, a Boss or two and a Alpha and a couple other interesting cars, but I wish we could have them all, you know? I mean, but 12 cars a day, I don't really know anybody that buys that many cars. Maybe no. there's somebody out there, but luckily there's kind Maybe of enough. Maybe the Lanos of the world. They probably could if they wanted to drive themselves crazy, but yeah, the uh, luckily there's enough kind of to go around, but you know, I'm, I keep my eye out for this and that and the other, but I'm not really in buy mode right now. We're yeah. in, we're in uh, um, you know, handle this um, the the growth of the BAT auctions the best we can. So I'm I'm I have a restoration that's been stalled for six months because we've been doing all what this are you other restoring? stuff. Um, I have an Alfa Romeo 1960 Alfa Romeo Giulietta, um, but it's an unsuspecting one. It's a four door sedan called a Giulietta Ti that they, oh, they yeah never sold in the U S. and most people think it looks like a little Fiat, but it actually has a twin cam alpha in it and it kind of flies. So pretty it's a, hauls it's, a it's four cool little so car. That's sort yeah. of the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I would say I'm glad I can help give you guys a plug, but I don't think anyone listening to this podcast doesn't already know about Bring a Trailer. Um, but for anyone who has yet to stumble across this, I apologize because this is now how you're going to spend the majority of your day. Uh, but go to bringatrailer.com. There's 12 new cars a day out there. It's some of the most random, coolest, uh, different cars every day that are always for sale. Uh, at bringatrailer.com. Randy Nonnenberg, who's the founder, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks, AJ. Happy to be here. 